Live from an undisclosed location in North America, coming at you, it's the J3 Amateur Hour Podcast. Welcome everybody to the J3 Amateur Hour Podcast. We are back in studio live. It is Jordan here, your host. I'm here with Aaron. Yoel. And we've got a big show for you tonight. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm here too, guys. Josh is back from Miami. By the way, can I say one thing? You could like... Put that music in instead of him playing it from his phone. That's right? true. It would be probably sound a lot better. I right? guess it's just about the vibe. Okay. Although I do feel like that sounded kind of like a Chili's commercial. <laughs> I was expecting him to talk about like baby back ribs. <laughs> I got my baby back, baby back, baby back. Okay, guys, we've had a hiatus. We're back. Pesach was great. And we want to recap it a little bit before getting into some other topics. So, Yoel, first. Yeah. What was the holiday like for you? Leading up to the holiday, it was actually... You know, I can never answer a question straight. That's like the number one rule. And now your right. new thing is that you talk about the fact that you can't answer a question yeah. straight. Correct, <laughs> right. I'm just pointing that out, so I'm consistent. People were very nervous. We had uh, bad weather, tornadoes, all types of storms. And then basically, I, we were home, by the way. We had a family in from Israel. As Pesach started, we just had a glorious weather for uh, eight days. Uh, first couple of days were cool, so if some people like the chilly weather, like the 50s, and that was also great. And then it just heated up and felt like, I mean, we were walking with my kids, and we just we felt like we were like back in Orlando. So it was perfect weather. You got those nice pink sunsets, um, you know, outside, short sleeves, beautiful, perfect. Yeah, Aaron, how about you? I, too, was here, Skokie. <laughs> Yeah, it was great, as Yoel mentioned, great weather. I did experience some hail on my way to... Uh, Whole Foods, right before Pesach. Yeah, other than that, you know, great weather, good satyrs. Aaron, did you leave the satyrs? I did. No way. Yes. What was that like? It was pretty good. Once it started, I felt good. I was kind of, like, leading up to it, it was so much, I was feeling a lot of pressure. Like to keep the kids interested? Yeah, well, I was just getting a lot of, like, chatter in my ear about, like, what I should be doing leading the Seder, you know? got to keep the kids into it it's also got to be good for the adults and where was you know this- you have to know stuff you know and i'm kind of like i don't need to know everything where it's was like, this chatter from was this just like your um, wife my was wife it? okay and uh rabbi shaul i think it was from my wife was there <laughs> did, you, did you have a, did you have extended family with you my parents were there and then we had actually a, a entire family came that's not related to us friends okay husband wife and three kids can we say their name it was the sister of a dear friend of Yoel named <laughs> Ami. Um, oh, okay, sure. Ariella and uh, her husband. And, uh, Very Amiel nice. And Very some, nice. And then uh, a couple other, uh, my wife's cousin came and another guest came. We had 14 the first night. Oh, wow. How long did it go? Seder went from 7.30 to 12.30. Wow. wow. Why is that important? Oh, another wow. Yeah, huh? there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. yeah. Why is it, isn't it just the, the quality, not the quantity? Like, does it really make a difference what time? It does. Why is that? Because I think that storm that end very late tend to be, I don't know, I, I'm on no sleep. Just Okay, uh, Josh, <laughs> hold, hold off on Josh. Yeah, hold, hold off on your no sleep. But back to my Pesach, when you, you know, we were discussing, everyone thought the weather was be an issue leading up to it, and it was just picture perfect. So... Going to shul, going on trips, outings, you know, eating outside. What enjoying. kind of outings did you go on? We did. Uh, we went to a baseball game. Cubs game? We'll get into that later. <laughs> no, uh, we went to a Brewers game. We got a ride down to uh, Milwaukee. and we who, had, t- who took you? Uh, Alex. Okay. <laughs> who happened to be Jewish. But he, he works for M&M limos. But, uh-huh. um, so we went down there, and you know, we had a great time, good seats. It was very enjoyable. Like You thought the weather was going to be a big issue, and like you thought you were missing out. But Could you bring food in there? We didn't try. We no. just we left food on the in the vehicle. Got it. Josh, can you stop distracting? I'm, yeah. asking que- I'm, I'm playing Yoel's role. I'm asking questions. But speaking of which, we had at our state, it was very interesting. So the first night we had a uh, family in from you know our, our family, my sis- brother and sister-in-law with their, two of their kids were in Frisbee. So they were with us the first night. 
Then the second night, we actually had an older gentleman by the name of Howard. I think I forgot his last name. He's actually making our couches. So, uh, you know, my wife is very friendly with, you know, what do you Everybody. mean making your couches? I don't know. Couches. You, you buy couches. I don't know. We have couches. Is he Amish? What does that mean? No, I don't know. Howard. I don't know. He's, okay. a, he's like off of Devon. But it was actually very interesting. It was this guy's first from Seder, like Orthodox Seder since like in like 50 or 60 years, I think. So he enjoyed it very much and uh, him and his wife and they came out. So it was a very nice Seder, you know, not only my family, but also, you know, we brought in others. Uh, so that was, you know, enjoyable and uh, different. So, and once again, Josh, we did end second night, I think, before 12. Wow. Uh, Damn there, it. There you go. <laughs> what, about, yeah. what about the first night? First night, like it's earlier. Tw- no? Yeah, no, because it was there was more people, and I like. Uh-huh. I don't really, earlier. Yeah, I don't really care that much about the seder. You know, there was my brother-in-law was there, and you know, I didn't want to quote unquote ruin his seder, so I just right. sort of also like let him do his thing if he wanted to talk. So we probably end around twelve thirty, twelve forty-five. I continue my streak of no singing after uh, <laughs> at the end. So did, did you I, I, yeah. did you prepare like opening remarks? Because a lot for me leading the seder, a lot of my time spent in preparation was preparing my opening remarks. I didn't really prepare it. I just, I just. What do you mean opening remarks? Like what you know, you sit down at the table and you have to say like you have to welcome. Like you're well opening. Uh, like, like you welcoming prepare everybody. to say, hey everybody, how are you? Well, I mean, I wrote down some stuff. I was like, say, were you, were you, were you reading? Think. Were you reading from? I wasn't a piece reading of paper? from it, but it was just a guide for me. And by writing it and revising it, I kind of remembered it. It wasn't like something I had to memorize, but just kind of saying, Do you like have welcoming it here with you? people. I don't have it with <laughs> me. But, you know, welcoming you people, us? talking about like the preparing or like a theme I had thought of over the course of uh, That's very nice. Better than I for can. it. I mean, I prepare for the state like I prepare for the podcast. So right. <laughs> I, I, just, I, kept, I just walk in I kept and just planning on the reading the Haggadah and I never got around to it. But I, I did write two original songs. Can you sing, can you Wait, sing, can you sing one right now? I'm not going to sing them, but I will say, I will reveal. One of them was called Welcome to the Seder to the tune of Welcome to the Jungle. One of the other one was based on Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel, which is kind of like a harmonizing thing. Who harmonized with you? This guy, Brandon, who came to our Seder. Very nice. So we prepared in advance. I sent him a, a audio file of me singing. I, it. I give Aaron an A. I mean, I'll take <laughs> yeah. a C, I'll take a C minus. Like my goal is just not to people like once you notice no one's paying attention or people are you're losing people, then like you sort of just you know want to redirect everybody. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah, I give Aaron an A. Well, so my main theme was how to feel gratitude by not having something because our fridge broke. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the show. We also had we also had fridge issues. You had not fridge issues, yes. right? So our fridge broke, and then our fridge was, uh, you know, we got a new fridge. So, so I appreciated gr- uh-huh. having, having a, fridge. a fridge that worked, which is something so simple that people take granted for. Right? People, Jordan, take, people take granted for. People take for granted. There you go. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> I had Mrs. Goldstein. What do you want? I was in regular as English, but telescopic math. True. Jordan, how was your Pesach? Yeah, I had a lovely time in. Uh, northern New Jersey, Bergen County, the first days. Nice time spending with my wife's family. And then we flew back Monday to Chicago. Were the shoals there, were they like empty? Like in Chicago, they're pretty empty here. It was a smaller crowd for sure, but uh-huh. I found a great 920 Minion that was okay. Mrs. Fard that I really enjoyed. How were so your kids on the plane? Fine. Yeah? Yeah, it's not, not such a long flight, so everything was pretty pleasant, smooth. I saw Josh at the airport. Yeah. And we flew back Monday and then, you know, Chicago, the weather was just unbelievable for four or five days straight. I actually had the pleasure of going to Yoel's house on the last day of Pesach for a little kiddish after Shoal. Outdoors? Outdoors, just gorgeous outside. Um, felt like Orlando, on. right? Oh, my God. Without the stress. It felt like Cancun, honestly. Um, <laughs> sunglasses on, you know, a little rosé. It was sounds just a per- great time. perfect. Really, everyone enjoying each other's company. Very nice. Very hospitable. It was a very pleasant Pesach. Yo, I wanted to get back to something uh, you were talking about before, which was the Brewers game you went to. Can sure. you tell us a little bit about that story? Because I think something quite remarkable happened at that game. Yeah, I know. Um, actually, uh, Josh was, seemed quite upset about it. <laughs> Um, so we were sort of you know, interacting with one of the, uh, the, you know, the baseball players, uh, Willie We Adams. meeting like your children, not yourself. Well, children, my, my kids before, I, I was not actually at the seat when it, when it occurred, but basically they told him they'd pay him if he hit a homer. And which player was this? Uh, Willie, I think you pronounce it Adams or Adamas. I don't know. Right. He um, used to be on the Rays. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Big fan. And they told him if he hits a homer, they'll give him a hundred bucks. Wait, and then- so how were they able to communicate with him? Where were you guys sitting? 
Uh, beeper through beeper, and they just beat each other. Okay, you were They're, sitting front uh, row. Front row. Okay, okay, fine. Front row. You got it out of me. So they said he hit a homer, then he hit a, like a line drive, like a foot off the wall, and then on his way back, he got a double, and his way back in, he said he turned to my kids and he you know showed them like one inch, like oh I just missed it. Mm. So next time he comes up, I said okay, double or nothing. I'll give you two hundred dollars for a homer. And the first pitch he hits a homer. No way. Yeah. So he, he runs around the bases. He put like a cheese in on him. He goes in the dugout, and then he turns to me. And he, he symbols two as if I owe him 200 bucks. Like from the dugout, he was like looking for me, like $200. So I, yeah, me and my son quickly ran out, and we bought these uh, Willie Adams jerseys. <laughs> so all four wearing, of us are wearing, wearing it right now. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. It's a great jersey. So we were you know, sitting in the, in the front row, and then he gets up, and he sees all four of us in his jersey. And he's like, oh, I like this better than the $200. I'm like, all right, give me your Zelda. And he's like, oh, I can't take money, whatever it was. But he came over to us after the game. But for some reason, Josh seemed very, very... I don't know if he was upset about it or... I wasn't upset. I just th- I thought it was weird for an adult to be super excited about make, having conversation with a, another adult. I, I get excited about talking to you. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not so wrong. I mean, everyone, you know, likes to... You know, yeah. I, I was just... It was... Uh, yeah, I was very impressed. You know, that a lot of times most ball players, you know, don't care or turn to the fans or whatever it is. But like in the middle of the game, I mean, I guess baseball is a little more chill than other sports. But like while he's like in the batter's box and it should be like watching pitchers, like you I don't know, know much about, about the Brewers. Is he good? I don't know much about the Brewers either. <laughs> he had a homer. He had a good game. I think uh, he's, a, he's a very good hitter. He was good on the Rays. Okay. But anyways, yeah. So Yoel was giving us live updates with photographic with evidence, photos and videos and pictures of the jerseys and everything going on, which I was but, excited by. I thought that was very I mean, cool. I think it's great if you're like but let, let's fourteen. Just, but yeah, I mean, let's just state it. It was in like in a private chat. It wasn't like I was like you know telling everybody. It was just informing you guys like, hey, yeah, check this out. And Jordan's like, hey, that's cool. You know, yeah, I'm happy right, for you, right. bud. Totally. And Josh is like, you're a moron. <laughs> Josh um, was like very upset by it. Very angry. I wasn't angered by that. I just thought it was amateur hour. Yeah, basically. Was something going on with you when you received those texts? What, like, what, what were what, you doing? What day was that? It was a Sunday. Yeah, that's when that's when it all came crashing, <laughs> came crashing down. <laughs> so oh, all okay, right. So an undercurrent over Pesach, the Bulls were fighting for their lives yeah. because the Bulls actually made. It's actually it's kind of funny because I think when I was telling my like my dad about it. And he goes to Bulls games. He didn't even understand. People don't know the existence of this playing tournament at all or how it works. And people and that follow basketball it's know It's too annoying it. to even explain. So it's just like, okay, if they, they got to win twice and they're in. But they were the 10th seed, and they had a game. I think it was during the second days on Yuntif. They played the, what, Toronto Raptors? It was yeah. The fir- it was the first game. Yeah, the first, first game was on Pesach. It was like Wednesday night. And then the next game was Friday night. Right. Yeah. So... They won the first game, which was surprising on the road in Toronto. And then they had this game Friday night. They lost that game. They did. Well, there's a little background I think you should give off. I mean, Josh is like, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, I think Josh and I are in 59 uh, multiple, like of the same <laughs> chats. Some of them are, like, you know, not really used anymore, like a one time usage or something like that, like someone's birthday party or something. But anyway, there's a, there's a Bulls chat. And, uh, you know, Josh you know, is pretty active on there. And there's, you know, it's only for Bulls fans. And there's one <laughs> member on there who also is openly a, a Miami Heat fan. So there's a lot of back and forth. And he's like, oh, you're a Miami Heat fan. Like, you don't have to pay attention. You just go on your Peloton, and the next morning, you just look at the score. And there's, like, a whole back and forth. And the entire season, Josh is, like, ripping on the Miami Heat. And then, It's not just the entire season. It's been years now. Yes, yeah, right. Multiple seasons. And not only that, their and best Jimmy player. Butler, right. So yeah, their Josh best player was a former Bull who was, like, like – He's an excellent player. He almost made it to the finals last year, but there's like a lot of back and forth. And so the Bulls the, decided when he was like 27 that right, he was they didn't washed want up. Right, exactly. And so Josh didn't like him. It was back and forth. And all of a sudden, it's like sudden death. Like one of these teams go home and the other one goes to the playoffs. And it was Josh's Bulls <laughs> against this guy's Miami Heat. So it was like, you know, the two of them against each other. And then what happened, Josh? Right, and there then, was a lot of stress over Pesach. <laughs> and, and Josh, it also, what I was thinking during this time is that, you know, the Bulls are... On the ropes, season almost over, and you have a big investment in the Bulls on a year-to-year basis, right? You you know, financially, emotionally, you go to a lot of games, you spend a lot of money on them. Social media. And there's all, all his tweets. Mark, his that tweeting, guy, Mark. Yeah, even Mark K. Mark, Mark, Mark K. K. So what does it feel like when you can't even see them go down, right? They 
Like, what were your thoughts going? When did they end up playing? They played Friday, they played night. Friday night and they lost. Yeah, so right. the, the first game, uh, my son actually found out the next day from a security guard. So he came in and told me right away they won, and I couldn't believe it. I was very excited. But and you then, guys, like, didn't, like, go to the lobby? Because I, I... No, no, I, we didn't. I think it was Seder night, right? I think. It was in the papers, though. The game was, was the at, like, 6 days p.m. Of the second days or first days? Second days. It was the second days. Second yeah. day. I don't even remember. Okay, so the se- um, wherever we were... No, I didn't watch anything because we were in... in dining room, whatever, and he just told me they won. He was asking the security guard like every two minutes for updates. And then the second game, I think we found out I don't remember. I honestly, everything's a blur. Did you, th- did you think about, let's say, arranging for a TV to be at your Seder? Or one of your, like, your Yontif meals? <laughs> no, so honestly, by that point, I was I had too much else like, but, going But they on. won the first it, game. So they, they did. And no. they played well. I mean, I, they might, played it, well. They came it, back. I'll tell you what. Did, did it you, give you hope? No, did, the truth is I knew they were going to lose. But did it so, give you hope? Was there a little hope? A little. But even if they won, they're going against Milwaukee, they get swept. So, like, it didn't really make a difference to well, me. Well, the team that beat the Bulls actually won today. So... Maybe they went to have been swept. Yes, but. Josh, do you look back on the season as like a colossal failure? Yes. In your investment in the Bulls, a in your failure, time, yes. your, the time yes. you spend, all yes. the hours on the uh, on the Kennedy, one hundred percent. You failure. watch almost every single game that you're able to. It's very disappointing. Okay, moving on. Oh, can I just say for me, I'm not obviously as triggered as Josh, but the most disappointing thing was reading something that AK said. I think the next day, the that's Bulls the general manager. General manager yeah. He was like, because you're kind of thinking, well, at least the good thing is now maybe the Bulls will finally realize they need to rebuild this team a little bit. But he was like, definitely want to resign Kobe <laughs> White. Definitely hope Vooch comes back. Yeah, it's like, it what? Was, you're just going to run it, was it back a with this. Just the whole season was a disaster. I just, I just want to say I'm sorry to Josh. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. I'm not sorry. Yeah. I relish in his tears. You, all, you had family in from Israel. Yeah. There were some some big tragedies leading into the Antif in Israel. Some um, you know terrorist um, acts and the loss of you know life, and uh, people were you know obviously very distressed about it and the danger and horrified at the tragedies. Yoel, you picked up on something, or at least the social media company that runs our accounts picked up on something that you wanted to point out. Like you mentioned, you know, the terrorism that's going on in Israel. My brother and sister-in-law and their kids, they all live in Afrat. They, you know, they knew this family personally, went to school with the girls. So, you know, it was a very unfortunate, sad situation. And it like, and then sometimes you go on social media and like you see people, you know, post, you know, which is great, you know, all these posts for Israel and, you know, my heartbreaks with Israel. And then, you know, oftentimes, you know, you have, you know, people posting their stories. I stand with Israel, you know, Israeli flags. And then like the next picture is like a picture of like a buffet, you know, at their Pesach program. It like, I don't know. I just, and it it could be like, I'm just, you know, trying to like, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Like it could be a lot of these, you know, people, they, you know, they go to these programs and part of the deal they go program, they They have to post, right. Like they get a big discount, but like you guys have to go out and market it and post, you know, you know, for the, the program and the program can't stop. But like, when you look at it, like you almost sort of like, I don't know, it's almost like, I don't know if it's better not to even, you know, post about Israel. I, you know, I don't know what to say or, or maybe do, you know, just a separate story instead of, you know, or a post and not a story. It just, it seems funny when you like click through and then like you see, you know, like terrorism and this, you know, family, the two girls murdered and the, and the you know, mothers murdered. And then like the next is like, uh, I can't believe this bread is not hummus, you know, <laughs> like these pastries. So it's like, it's, I, you know, it's distasteful. Do you see, okay. it, do you see it also as virtue signaling? Uh, like for someone, for example, to change their like Facebook profile photo to some Israeli flag theme, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, come right. On. I mean, it's one thing, you know, like if you're there and then like your actions sort of, you know, support, you know, just changing your profile pic or something like that. But like, I think a person has to be true and they have to be, you know, they can't be fake and they can't just do it because other people are doing it. I think they have to, right. you know, show their true right. colors. Josh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that if someone's going to change their picture, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's pretty easy to do. I did not do mine, but I did feel... Did anyone you know do theirs? Uh, I mean, I saw a lot of different changes on Facebook. Yeah. Anyone in your internal family? <laughs> not that I saw. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> are you lying I right did, now? I did not change mine. Are, are, okay. you, blocked by fa- are you blocked by family members? Con- uh, probably, the context yeah. without quoting directly is that Josh spent like an entire day just trashing people that did that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he took a major L because someone very close to him did exactly what he was uh, blasting. Yeah, that is true. Now, so you took a lot of L's this piece off. I did. 
truth be told, I stand for anybody, you know, or stand by anybody who, who does support it because it's not easy to post on there. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, anti-Semitic remarks and stuff that people might get. Oh, well, that's if you have like followers, you know, not someone like me. Right. But I guess if people have thousands of followers, then it does take, you know, take a little sort of, you know, bravery or something. It's true. Yeah, definitely. Josh, what's going on? A little context here is that we're here, Josh's house. He an emergency recording. Emergency recording. I I, I, I did not want to record. Which tonight. I pushed for because Josh was crying all day. <laughs> he's saying all day. He, he he said we should record tomorrow night. He explained that he's running on you know no sleep. He's running on fumes. He's very triggered. That's correct. Well, why don't I don't you know go back forty eight hours when he's been like silent. He's he he played silent treatment. I wasn't silent. I was doing. After, I was actually doing crazy things. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah I, crazy I, things. I, okay. I, I, well, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have time for WhatsApp. <laughs> you didn't have sure time did. for WhatsApp. Right. I'm sure things were very crazy. And so, knowing that, and knowing that he's at his most heightened state of triggeredness, I said we had to record tonight. We have to get him while it's fresh. So, Josh, here I am. Why don't you take us back and tell us your entire saga? I will do that, Jordan. And notice, by the way, I don't know if you realize, because before the recording, I made Josh leave the room, and I talked <laughs> privately to Aaron and y'all, and I said, we need to talk about completely different things, things that would possibly like trigger you a little bit, just to put you in the mood and act like we don't care about your the, drama. The truth is, I'm too tired to be triggered at this point. <laughs> That's what I was That's thinking. What you guys said. I, just, I have no more energy, but so I don't know if anyone, I mean, I'm assuming that people followed the news. Uh, there was record rainfall in take us, Miami. Take us back before that. Um, did, it rain, did it rain there every day? No, the first days were great. It was hot. It was like a little bit hot, but it was sunny. You got to Aventura. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, the program was run really well, very organized. It was big. It was a little too big for me in terms of the amount of people there, but it, it was, was big because we actually reached out to somebody <laughs> to go oh to, to find you and to come up to you and to pretend they were a big fan of the podcast. And then this individual said they couldn't find you. Something <laughs> like, I forgot about it. It, it was, it was, I mean, you couldn't even, I didn't even know half people there. I mean, you couldn't even recognize their face. It was so big, way, way over a thousand people, but, um, but it was run well, you know, the food was very good. It was very, clearly these people, um, this is my first year of the program, but they clearly run a good, was there like one organized, minion? Like, was um, no, there were a bunch of Mignonim, bunch of, Different, you know, so you didn't really feel the no. like, thousand people. No, uh, you didn't. But like you, when you were in these this dining room, you had like you know a thousand people in the room. Right. So it was it was definitely well, no everyone notice. dined at the same time. There was one. Well, there were a few different dining rooms, but um, everyone had got food at the same time. Wow. Um, there was like a big huge. Do hall you pick your stations. own table or your no? You're they, give, they, they give you a table. Wait, you have to wait in line for food. No, no lines. I oh, mean, okay. a little bit like if like it's like a real popular thing, but generally no. I know you. I know you would never wait in line. No, I would not. I would rather not um, eat. Is it the, all buffet? No, lunches are buffet. Wow. Dinners are plated for the most part. So let me. Just, and this is at, this is yeah. at Turnberry. Turnberry, yeah. And before we get into your saga, I do have a question. Just in general, I mean, I, I I know you pay thousands of dollars, you know, for this program, tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, <laughs> Jordan. Or whatever. But I anyway, wouldn't know. The truth is, I remember, you know, what we mentioned last, you know, you went in a program with us uh, in Orlando, like where you were in the program, I wasn't, but two years ago. So he had his own chef and a sous chef, and they were like working his place and like, you know, they're going over menus, what you guys want for all the meals. And, you know, other people are like, you know, ribeye and skirt skating and this and that. And Josh just wants grilled chicken at every meal. <laughs> like that's what he eats. No, like, I, grilled I, chicken I eat and like steak. a piece of like no, watermelon. I, I do eat steak, um, but I don't eat like duck or lamb or veal. It's like I, I hate that stuff. Right. So my question is like, when you go on these programs and you're paying thousands of dollars for food, like, do you feel like I'm literally just eating grilled chicken? No, I eat. I eat. Way I mean, obviously, more your family I, is yeah. a, is enjoying yeah. and all that, but like, do I mean, you I feel like there's just different. There's a lot of options that I would never be able to. Do you make. sort of feel like forced to like eat more than you normally would just because uh, yes. like I'm paying for all this dessert, 100%. I got to like try this. And, uh, and normally you would never get that dessert. 100%. Like if you're going from dinner, it's like the tea room. Like I'm not hungry, but if I walk past the food, I'm going to go in there and eat something. Because like you feel like you paid for it. Yeah, I paid for it. It's like it's, it looks good. Everyone's there. So it, it there's a lot of that. Did you make any friends? I didn't have to. You know why? Why? Because the number one fan of the podcast was on the program with me. Oh, the great JB. Shout out to John Blumberg and his wife Rayleigh and their kids. All fans. So I hung out with John a lot. I got some of the reports. Did you? So <laughs> sure. Again, I Cabana do, and all. I do just want to reemphasize here that I literally am going on no sleep. So I apologize. My brain is <laughs> somewhat fried. But so the first days were 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 fine. I mean, they were. You know, it was hot, but it was really nice weather. I mean, really sunny. The nighttime was great. So what did um, you do during the daytime when it was so nice outside? Um, <laughs> I, you're, this is back to the going on walks thing. 
Yeah, just of course. in general, did you sit? <laughs> Everyone wants to did know. Did you sit at the pool? Did you I, read? We had a cabana, so I sat at the cabana. How and big was this cabana? Because you had a lot of family with you. It was pretty big. You could probably fit like eight people. How many cabanas? But you had there? more than eight people. So no, but not you... everyone at the same time. I mean, we had different shifts. I mean, when it wasn't when it wasn't. <laughs> did you hold on. Did you, <laughs> wait, did you schedule and plan no, out no. who's going to be but at like, the cabana? If what people time? are walking by and they see all the seats are taken, they'll move on or they'll go. You know, Let me ask you a question. If Noah's sitting there with his kids, would you like tell one of his kids to get up because this is your cabana? No, but the kids generally don't sit there. Did any of them kick you out of your seat? I did not get a seat a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad. But how many cabanas are there on the, on the property? maybe 20. 20. So 1,000 yeah. people and there were 20 cabanas. Well, there were a lot, of, a lot of chairs. Okay. Lot of are chairs. you more a book guy or a magazine guy at the Bo- cabana? Book. Book. And what, I, I what were you reading? The Stand. Oh, okay. Rereading The Stand. Oh. Okay. Uh, it was great. Do you think there's it's time for an invention to hold a book while you're reading so you don't have to hold it with your hands? That would be a great invention. I'm with you on that. That's I, a very I, good call. That would be a fantastic invention. I can't stand reading just because of that. Or like I think, they, I think they do have that, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so, Josh, so during the day, you're at the cabana, you're reading, you went on walks, or you didn't? Uh, I did go on a couple walks. Yeah. yeah. It was a little, it was, again, it was so hot. I don't like being hot. So, if it, like, the first days during the day... Walking out even for like twenty minutes, and you're like you'd be sweating. I mean, what were you? What would you wear to the cabana? I know if um, I know if I generally wear like a shirt and pants. Like, what like, kind like, of shirt? Like a dress shirt. No a dress sh- shirt. Yeah. Really? No, no shorts showing off your calves. No shorts. Really? No shorts. Yeah. Okay. And then you not, know, not you, that I judge people that do wear shorts. In a previous episode, you talked about one of the one of the things driving you to certain programs were the uh, lineup of speakers. Did you hear any uh, good speeches? Uh, I did hear one speech by Rabbi Lamb that I enjoyed. Ari Lamb is his name. He has actually, he's actually a podcaster. He's very good. Okay. Um, did you guys exchange like ideas? We did not. I didn't speak to him, but I did enjoy one of his speeches. That was it. That was the only. That one, was the only, only one you heard. Yeah. Was there part of you that like, wanted to go up to him? Like, by the way, I also have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a big part. <laughs> no, of it, but I decided not to. <laughs> okay. Did you uh, have to pay extra for the cabana? I did. Okay. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay. So, so we're at so then call them all three day on. if everything went smooth. So three day of everything was fine. I mean, three day of is hard. Um, right. Saturday so night lot, concert probably. Saturday night there was a concert which was who was way it? too loud. Saturday night was Simcha Liner. Okay. Um, Do you wear things in your ears? I d- I left. I left. Oh, I mean, okay. it was just you didn't enjoy ridiculously it? loud, and I did not. Um, and then Sunday night there was a Bon Jovi cover band that I really wanted to hear that I also did not enjoy because it was way too loud. <laughs> It was like it wasn't I mean, like not normally loud. Like you, like it. I couldn't, and you're I couldn't handle. I mean, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, I'm right. fine with loud, but it was like it was just the speaker system was terrible. Did you complain about it to anyone? My family, sure, and John. <laughs> Did John go? Uh, for like a minute too. He also okay. walked out. Did you do any excursions during Colomoid, or did you just uh, hang out at your cabana? I hung out in the cabana. I walked around the different places to sit. I found a good <laughs> spot where I was reading. Um, in the shade. No, inside. Okay. Yeah. Do your kids ever express any interest in, in going somewhere? Um, they went to the mall. Great mall, right? When it was raining, yeah, Aventura Mall, yeah. Okay, so they went to yeah. the mall. Yeah. That so was when, it. when did it start raining? On Sunday? So, again, everything was fine. And then Sunday at around like 12, the skies, and everyone I knew it was going to rain because I checked the weather, but the skies got dark. It, ra- it rained from Sunday at like 1 straight until Wednesday night. Did not stop for maybe for like wow. an hour, and not like a rain, like a, like a drizzle. Like you couldn't move in the rain, like a it tropical rain, a, a monsoon. Like half of the hotel, like every other room was leaking. Like you saw, like the shoal water was pouring out of the uh, out of the light bulb around like where the, the dining room was, like one of the corners. I mean, like I don't know how much water damage in that hotel, but it was it was insane. Okay, and so what did you do once it started raining? It was pretty bad. Like, what? Where did you go? I mean, the good news was you, you didn't really have to go outside. Even when you walked from the room to the dining room, it was all under like undercover. But the problem was, the rain was so hard. They had guys there squeegeeing twenty four hours a day, and they, they didn't didn't do anything. I mean, you had, you were walking in like a foot, like literally a foot of rain. Okay, but I'm saying, how did you spend your time? Did you just find a couch to yeah, sit and read at? Basically, I sat at a couch. I was, you know, I took a nap. And this know. is Cholmud. This is the th- two days of Cholmud and, and the first day of Yon. Three days, full days. So you're reading and napping on Cholmud. Cholmud, I watch TV. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or we, um, I don't forget what I did, but it wasn't anything did, fun. Did, did anybody go out or anything? Like my kids went to the mall. Oh, that uh, was during yeah, the monsoon. Yeah, you could walk there. It was like a block away, but you couldn't do anything. I mean, it was just it was impenetrable rain. It was insane. So. I didn't really think much of it. It was just annoying that it just, you're in Miami. And of course, Chicago was perfect. And I was getting really angry that 
you know, we were there and, uh, you know, Chicago was sort of like supposed to be in the 40s. That was, you know, amazing. I think it was like 80 maybe. Uh, you know what else was nice? Milwaukee was nice. They opened was up it? the roof of the stadium. Brew yeah. crew? Sunday, yeah. Around twelve thirty your time was when we started our trip. So only later did I find out that it wasn't just rain. It, this was like the biggest rain Fort Lauderdale had ever seen in its history. It was like the mayor. It was it was national emergency. The mayor said it was like a once in a thousand year storm. The, the airport was closed for three days, which I did not know until it was Yontif. Okay, so um, so take us into this because then Yontif starts back up Tuesday yeah, night, still raining, pouring, still raining. It you know lightens up I guess Wednesday afternoon started Thursday night Yontif ends. So I guess you had the last day and a half of Well, here's sunshine. the problem. The problem is that some of the people in the program aren't as religious and were on their phones during Antif, and all of a sudden you start hearing these rumors of the airport's been closed. Now I'm supposed to leave Friday morning, and then people are, you know, you just hear scuttlebutt about, oh, my flight's canceled, every flight's canceled, the airport's shut for like a week, and you just kept hearing different things. Nobody knew anything. And you can't check anything. I couldn't check anything. So I'm a general, like a little bit of an anxious person, and so... <laughs> I'm like in a state of like knowing that like I, you know, something's happening to my flight and I just, I had no idea what it was. I couldn't check anything. And I just kept asking different people, you know, what are you hearing? I'm going to the front desk. Like, is the airport really closed? And they're like, and the guy's like, yeah, it's closed for like at least two days. I'm like, two <laughs> days are closing the airport from rain. I, I couldn't, I was like, what's going on here? Like, this isn't like. John said he was inconsolable. <laughs> you could have talked to Josh. <laughs> he said he could have. No, John was also pretty nervous. I know, Ray, but he said he yeah. couldn't even talk to you. Like, talk to you. Like, it was like, no, no because, because on Thursday. And you were getting worse and worse. No, because on Thursday, <laughs> I knew I knew the airport was canceled. That, like, I was confirmed the flights are canceled. And all these people are, like, rearranging their flights on Yontif. And, like, I'm like, I'm not, you know, me and John were like, sitting there, like, I couldn't do anything. And even the New Yorkers that were trying to do it, they, there was no, some people still are there. They couldn't get back to Monday. And background is you... It wasn't like you had work. I mean, Friday was scheduled as your, no, just, but, your travel day. I'm right, saying. but Friday, if and it wasn't Friday, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have yeah. cared. But the, you know, So the, the program ends Thursday night. I, we're supposed to leave 7.30 a.m. Friday. So all day Thursday, all I could think about was getting on my phone to figure out, because I knew my flight must have been canceled, because if there's no airport, right, then the flight's not going out. And then John told me that anytime Rayleigh is not concerned, it always works out. And she was like, totally didn't care about anything. He's like, it'll work out. Uh, and sure enough, <laughs> there's one flight that gets out to Chicago Friday morning, his flight. I saw John and Chavez. Yeah. One flight in all, like in any airline, any airport, it's only his. So he got actually got back Friday. But so I turned on my phone and sure enough, you know, my flight's canceled. I have like eight missed emails, calls from United. So I immediately go on my phone, call 1K. 1K is like, you know, now everyone's 1K. So like I'm Wait, waiting. What's on one, what is that? Like, uh, you know, the highest class you can get. On <laughs> it, wow. means, it means nothing. It's honestly now it means nothing. I'm on the phone with them, and uh, while I'm on the phone with him trying to get a flight for Sunday... And how many how many tickets are you trying to arrange so for? So I need six. Okay. So while I'm on the phone... But your parents are there. You're not including your parents? Well, my brother was taking my parents. Okay. So he ended up taking... There was a 7.30 flight Sunday morning. He ended up taking it seats while I was on the phone trying to process it. They said, well, that's all, that flight's gone. <laughs> <laughs> your brother took it? Yeah, he took it. So I know. So then I'm okay. So I got... I'm like, I got to get out Sunday... And I'm, at this point, I've been on hold. I've been talking to this person for like 45 minutes. So finally, he's okay. I put you on like a nine o'clock flight Sunday night. Uh, I'm like, fine. I, I just take it. I'll take it, whatever. And then my wife just texted me, you know, my parents got in a Sunday morning flight through Miami. So I'm like, oh. so I called them back. I'm like, Can, you know, is there anywhere on that flight? So finally, long story short, I got on a flight Sunday, today, Sunday morning uh, through Miami after like two hours of what time is your flight this morning? So, so the, the nine thirty? It was still the seven fifteen a.m. Yeah. So what time did you leave? So I left the hotel at four thirty, and I did not sleep last night. Was the turn beer? Were they like telling people they have to leave because other guests so, are coming in? No, they weren't. But the problem was like by that point I was just done. I didn't want to be in the room. I just I wanted to get out. It was just too much. I was literally in the hotel. It was like The Shining. I was in there. <laughs> For four days straight, I couldn't leave. You couldn't move. Like, you're doing the same thing over and over. I'm like, if I have one more, like, piece of broccoli, I'm going to kill someone. It was just like, there was just, it was just, it was very monotonous. And it was, like, very stressful, very triggering. Um, I feel like you would need a personal assistant. I feel like, I, I, a lot of people use travel agents. I don't, I don't use one. Um, just because I like being in control of my travel. You like um, being on the phone I like for, being, like, two I like, hours I, with a travel No, I like being the one that's, like, I just don't trust anyone to handle it. So, right. so did you um, find a motel to? So, so, and let me just say that. So, today is Sunday right now. Yeah, it's it's late on a Sunday night, and he's wearing. Let me just explain to the tired listeners. Right you could, you, his eyes are puffy and red. He's moving slowly, lethargically. He is expressing physically the signs of. <laughs> 
the wear and tear that he went through. I'm sleeping. His travel fatigue. Why are you so sleep deprived, though? I mean, you're staying in a fancy hotel and you flew here. Well, we don't know where you stayed last night. Hold on. Hold on. We have to figure out where you're staying. You might not know about this. I don't know. I don't know. You have to remember the mental like stress of Thursday, knowing that like. That night, I'm going to be getting on my phone. And my flight's going to be canceled, and I had I, at that point, I had no other option. I had to get out Friday. Right, you're exhausted. Um, so I'm exhausted. Like, Holy, I'm like thinking and stressing, and then sure enough, it was canceled. So I spent the next two hours after that on the phone trying to figure it out. And then at that point, once I had a flight, okay, now I need to figure out Shabbos. Do they have entertainment Thursday night after Yantiv? They had a chametz party. They called it. Yeah. Did, Did you, you go? go? Down? I went. Yeah. Even while dealing with, I mean, this I had issue? to eat. Yeah. So you're very festive. No, I didn't. I just sat and and talked to John about his flight, and he was explaining how <laughs> he was explaining how he got. He, I'm like, how was your flight taking off? I'm, the airport's closed. Did you at some point offer to buy his tickets off him? <laughs> no, but then he started telling me um, there were seats available, so I was checking. It just it didn't work out. It was you know. I mean, I, I you know, I'm happy he got home, but it was it was. So not- I, I actually have a story about Josh from Thursday night. So I was speaking with my uh, great friend uh, Nachum Myers. And that I called him. Yeah, so he's an hour. So, you know, Josh is an hour ahead. He's in the Eastern and we're in Central. And, you know, Yanta fans and Nachum opens his phone. He sees two missed calls from Josh Rosen and he sees like a, he sees an active incoming call. So he's like, oh, he figures probably a hot cell issue is an emergency or something. He picks it up. He's like, ha. What, 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 what was the rest? Tell me about the Altair. <laughs> Tell me about the Altair. Like, how's the, how's the Shabbos food? At Shabbos? Is it good? How are the rooms? Are the rooms good? <laughs> like, even though Josh is so fatigued and all these things, I just need a bed. But like, yet he was like real picky, like the Altair. Like, no, because he, I he wasn't sure if it was good enough for him. Like the whole like catered no, Shabbos because food. because like the term, the, like I, just, I needed to somewhere where I could just like unwind and like just do nothing. So what did you end up doing? So I went to a different hotel on Friday. Okay, so how how did you decide on the hotel? What were you considering? I was considering. Did you have to call around? No, I was considering anything that was close by that I knew uh, I'd be able to relax at. This is you and your family, so are you getting two rooms? We got actually one One more, one like one two bedroom. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, presidential. (laughs) No, no presidential. I want to call you on something that you you actually said while we get to this, but. You always said that you always get two rooms on your Pesach programs. Correct. I understand that in a prior year, you actually got a room, not for anyone to sleep in. How do you know this? Not for anyone to sleep in, just to store things. (laughs) To store store what? I don't know. But you actually got an extra room just to have, just for no reason. No, no. Well, the the truth is, that's true. I did get an extra room, but I bought it off. I bought it myself. It was like $100 a night, not through the program. In other words, this program didn't take the room, so I just booked it myself. It was it actually a hundred dollars a night, like one twenty. Yeah, was it next to your room, or was it a different no? Floor? It was totally far away. So I don't. Hold on. Would why would it? Why would it be? Why it wasn't would it be cheap? It wasn't to store stuff. It was to sleep in. Well, why couldn't you just sneak in, like let's say, another family? No, to stay because in that room? because if I paid for another room, it'd be like a thousand dollars. But I'm saying, isn't that a way to get on a program without? Paying the exorbitant price. Well, yeah, but then you wouldn't be able to eat any of the meals or get. Why any they the check other. who you are every yeah, time you walk in? Basically, yeah, that program, yeah, they knew who you were. It was a smaller program, so like they're not going to let some stranger. Did you hide out in so that room and read? Well, in this program, because it's so big, you actually there, no, was, a, there, was, there was a brace. They checked a bracelet every time you went to. When you had the extra hotel room, did you use it to like read? Like no, just I get s- away? I slept in it with your luggage. No, no, I used it as a. a oh, bag. you just use your uh, yeah. just separate room. Did yeah. you have your own room? Yeah, but there was like my kid. There was some reason why I needed another room. For that, it was like so cheap. I'm like, I'll just take it just in case. And like the way it worked, it, just it, in it, case it, what? it was used. I don't remember how, but it was used. <laughs> Not just to store things. You like how I got that little nugget? <laughs> it's not even true. It Jordan. is true. You I got mean, an I, extra I, room. I did get an extra room, but not <laughs> Jordan read it in the Sentinel. <laughs> yes. Old issue of the Sentinel. I'm so tired. Oh. Okay. Wait, we didn't get it. So we don't so, know okay, where he's so, staying. Yeah, we don't know where he's I just want to understand. So so you realize Thursday night you're stuck there for Shabbos. Yes. And you need to and you can't stay at Turnberry. They're still squeegeeing downstairs. It was just it was right? I, had, I had to get out of there. And the Altair, he already turned down so the Altair. No, I just want to understand. So so now you're brainstorming ideas of what you're gonna do for Shabbos with your family. So do you have Rolodex of the hotels you're checking out? No, How, there, tell me. There, and then do you, do you, are you going online to see if they have rooms available? Are you calling them? What I, are you doing? I made a phone call to a hotel we've stayed at many times. And I said, uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's an emergency. Which hotel was that? It's called the Aquilina. Okay. And I said, uh, you know, we're sort of stranded. Josh looks so defeated when he said the Aquilina. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> so defeated. I called him up and I said, you know, I said, look, you know, it's last minute. 
I don't want to book online. I tried to get a better rate. They looked me up. They see that I've been there a lot of times. They actually gave me a, a pretty nice discount. Were they booked? Were they completely booked? No, no. Like there was a few yeah. rooms. Okay. A few rooms. They actually upgraded me when I got there, but I just stayed there Friday night and Saturday night, and we left. You know, we left this morning at four thirty. But I did not sleep, Aaron, because so Saturday, what was the Altair business? So that original plan was to go because we again we didn't have any food, so I didn't know like how I was going to get. If it was so easy to get food, if it's available, like. So your first thought is do this place where they it's have easy. catered everything is easy for Shabbos. Yeah. And then why did you turn that because down? Because you had to sign up by, they weren't offering it unless you were already there. You couldn't check in on Friday and get the food. Okay, so you call the Aquilina, and then so what did you do so for food? So we walked to a store near, near Turnberry, pick up food, and I brought it there and we ate in the room. So you just had cold food? No, we oh. heated it up. There's not, there's, we, in, the, in the room, there's a full oven. Double wrap. Double wrap. What kind of room is this? It's a room, room in the hotel. There was a full kitchen in there. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a special type of room. I, I don't know. I've never been in a hotel room that has an They have a lot it. of that in Florida. Very, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> so then you were at this, what we've previously discussed to be rated the number one it's a nice hotel, hotel and resort I, in the United States of America. I enjoy it. And you're here basically crying about it, right? No, that wasn't why I was crying. I was happy to go there. You just, were happy. You felt comfortable once you were there. The issue was the Thursday stress of knowing that I'm about to, you know, engage in a very stressful situation. Right. Post. But, you know, but then you were blessed to have this nice Thank weekend God. of recovery yes. for 48 hours. So why didn't you sleep last night? Because last night, by the time Shabbos ended and we were like repacking, it was like 12, and um, I was just wired. And every, you know, if I know I have to wake up early. I can't, like every yeah. time I look at the phone, it's like you look at the I'm clock the and it's, it's one, and like, and then I get really more mad, and it just it wasn't working. So at like two thirty, I'm like, forget it. I, so I just got up, swam. No, I went like on my phone, whatever, oh, wow. whatever I did, but like it, it was not, you know, not fun. Did you sleep? That's the worst. Very little, like ten minutes maybe. What were you watching when you were watching TV at the at Turnberry? <laughs> at Turnberry, I was watching <laughs> basketball. No, no, you mean at the Aquilino? What? No, at Turnberry, like during the day. You're watching. <laughs> you said you're watching TV. It's raining outside. Um. I don't need, no, I was, wa- I was, yeah, watching more like on my iPad. Like what? Succession. I was catching up. Catching up on the yeah. Succession. Yeah. A uh, pretty big episode. I'm caught up now. Yeah. That last episode. Yeah. So what channel? What is that on? Not even it's on, on HBO. HBO. It's Never a great it. show. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, pretty I'm, monumental. I'm, I'm, I'm episode. caught up now. Yeah. And Barry starts tonight. I don't watch that show, but yeah. I okay. Good. I actually started watching um, the Boston Marathon Bombing oh. series on Netflix. I want, and you all, what's I that know, guy's name? Like CERN? Sarnev, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The brothers. Obviously, a very tragic event that happened in 2013. It's about 10 years ago now. I had a question for you guys. I was wondering this because Yoel just started it, but a a big aspect of the episode, and I'm not spoiling anything because you you should know what happened in general. What happened? I'm not going to say because you should know that. Um, But a big point, there was a big, some, you know, what's nice about this documentary, uh, what you learn is that there was this big point of contention between the FBI on the one hand and the Boston police department on the other hand about once they had gone through thousands of hours of footage and angles on Boylston street and identified who the suspects were that planted the bomb. The question became, they had no idea who these two people were. They were trying to figure out who they were at the time. The Boston Police Department felt that they should put out the pictures to the public and ask for the public's help. The FBI was very against it. The FBI's philosophy is to control the situation, figure it out on their own, and then have the element of surprise when they're going after this, the individuals. What do you think? We've all seen Law and & Order and crime series and shows and documentaries and movies. What do you? Th- what would you have done had you been making the decision? One of my favorite shows is uh, the first forty-eight. It's a it's a real live you know detective show. First forty-eight hours after a murder and how they you know how they you know solve the crime or if they solve the crime. Or I didn't know that was one of your favorite shows. <laughs> it probably is my favorite show. It's wow. like the only last like show that I watch. But oftentimes, even when they know the person, they don't go to the press unless they're desperate and they have no leads. They don't know who the guy is, and then they put it out there. Otherwise, if they have leads and if it's moving. And they feel they're in the right direction. They sort of, you know, keep that element of surprise or to try and get them in, but only at a point where they're like desperation, like maybe someone knows who this is, then they release the photos. So that's how I would answer. So you wouldn't release the photos? I mean, did, did they know who they were? No, or that was the whole to, point. They, they, didn't know. To... they needed they needed help to figure out who they were. 
So the question is, do they do you go to the public? I think they should release the photos. I mean, I feel like if I'm trying to think of a situation, I mean, then you have the perpetrators will feel more like the world's closing in on them because there's like their photo everywhere. The problem also is though that once the perpetrators know that they're onto them, they're going to flee. So it doesn't make it sure. harder to catch them. There's also a documentary about Waco on right now, which I can't wait to start. Another one. The third one. Waco, like the a, aftermath. Yeah. yeah. It's really? not a documentary. What? It's like a show. It's supposed what's to be. What's that on? I think Showtime looks good. I was about really, actors. Oh, really like actors good. are playing. I got to watch uh, that. Not yeah. into when actors. But you, you did no, no, but it's, but it's based on like what happened like all the, when all the, the Branch Davidians like go and testify. It's like the story like that never really is told. Oh. It's It looks very interesting. Okay, so Josh, what would you do? I probably would. I'm asking him because he looks defeated. I, I, mean, right I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't my, care. My, my, yeah, I just, just, yeah, I don't care. I mean, this is a life or death situation here. Whatever. Um, put it out. Don't put it out. Uh, this whole uh, I don't care. just reminded me of a very strange email that I received that I had told you guys privately. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Let's hear yes. that. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's a little more than what I told you. <laughs> oh, God. Wait. Huh. Hold that. We need to read an ad. Oh, we oh, haven't oh, read oh, the email. Like the, the email. You didn't tell them everyone the email. <laughs> we My story is coming up right after this ad. <laughs> Are you selling a home in Chicagoland? Did you know that most real estate attorneys in Illinois get paid thousands of dollars for referring your closing to a title company? That's right, thousands of dollars. The law office of Adler and Herbach doesn't take this fee, allowing our affiliated title company to pass these savings on to you, the seller. The result is a 50% saving on title fees compared to other title companies, reducing your closing costs by over $1,500 on a typical sale. There's a little more to the ad, but we have to wrap it up because Josh is dying over here. Anyways, reach out to Adler and Herbach. Call them at northsidelegal.com or call them at 847-318-3770. Oh, yeah, there's a great guy. It's a great ad. By the way, can we give out the new email? I mean, let's put this at the beginning of the, beginning the, of the new email, maybe. which I finally set up, is j 3 Amateur hour at gmail.com. Tremendous. Send in your ads. Nice. Send in your ads. We no. actually got really helpful feedback. And that was not taken, that uh, that email? The email was not taken. I tried some other stuff. Like three, three weeks. Amateur three, hour yeah. at gmail.com. Three weeks we left it out and there. And I want to give a shout out to. Sell it to us. I want to give a shout out to <laughs> a <true>. listener <laughs> and from what Yoel tells me, a legend <laughs> from Ida Crown of 1992, the class of 92. He's 100%. He was the legend of that class. Uh, like, I, I know Josh might I would, disagree. I would disagree there. Josh is another favorite, but yes. he was. The great Jason Bierman is my. Uh, would my you say he's player. up there, like top three guys of that Nady? class? Yeah, for sure. So, Nady Fox reached out with a really nice and helpful email. He himself has a podcast called Healthful Woman. I believe he's a very distinguished doctor, a gynecologist in the field. Um, I actually did search it on Spotify. I think a lot of women and uh, doctors might benefit a lot from it. He's Father Dobbins and Kins North. Okay. Which that was interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Was he a legend from like basketball or just from his personal exploits? I would say everything. I mean, he All was around. a good student. Mrs. He had Mrs. Strimley like myself. He was like Yoel's. He was like <laughs> Yoel's. You know he was Yoel's guy. On. How do you know that he had Mrs. Well, he Strimley. was my brother's class. My, oh, my okay. brother was in the class. So. He was a great softball player. He was a good softball player. He was good. He was I was, I was, on, I was on his softball team. Oh. Uh, Nate's Foxes, I yeah, think. Foxes, yeah. Or Nate's Foxes. Yeah, know. Nate's Foxes. Captain of the basketball team. Wow. Yeah, he uh, was very Ivy smart. Yeah. Ivy League. Man, that's all, all, all I know about him. <laughs> I went to Holtara. I was on a softball team. No, I was in Abe's Babes. Yeah, me too. Avi Rotner. Well, thanks for listening, Nady. But anyways, reach out to us at the new email, j3amateurhour at gmail.com. Aaron, tell us about the saga that you had. Okay. I had done some work for somebody, and I reached out to him because I hadn't received my 1099 yet. I don't know this guy very well. We know each other in like a work capacity vaguely. We don't work together a lot. So I reached out to him by email asking if he had sent my 1099, and he responded that he hasn't done it yet. He's like, my head has been all over the place. My little girl was killed in front of my house. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I know it's... Uh... I told him the story. In the email, it's like two-line email. This is a guy I work with. I don't know him that well. He's like, my little girl has been killed. My little girl was killed in front of my house. So I'm like, whoa. what? Uh, so I... I look up his. Uh, I wear so Facebook. So first of all, so, so to be clear, I'm just like you don't know him personally. I don't know him very well. I mean, I've met him. You know, we've been in person. We're not like friends. 
He's like in his 60s. So I'm like, I didn't know. He, I, I mean, I, maybe he refers to his daughter. That I don't know. Like, I don't know this stuff. So I check his Facebook page, and it turns out that his dog died. <laughs> his little so girl dog. I'm like, but he didn't say who, dog. He wrote, literally wrote, my little girl was killed in front of my house. So I'm like, am I imagining like a drive-by shooting? Like yeah. what happened? I don't know. Did you immediately respond you know? to the email? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, no, then I'm or like. Or you searched first. No, I searched first. Okay. I, I never respond immediately. You know, I always do my Wise. research first. All I'm looking for is my 1099. So now I have to respond like something consoling. But I also do I let him know, you know, that I know that he's not talking about a actual human. You know, he's talking about his dog. So I just said something you, like, you know, you respond I'm like, how about a cat? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't want to get into it. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm very sorry to hear that. Kind of thing, but then like I look weird. If did you like, say I'm very sorry to hear that? And when can I expect it? <laughs> no, I didn't say anything about the 1099. I'm like, I did. Okay, <laughs> um, then I'm telling my wife this story, and she's <laughs> she was like, That's so horrible that his dog died. And I'm like, No, the point is not that his dog died, the point is that he called his dog his little girl and she's like but it's so sad that his dog died and i mean it would make so sense I, if like he knew you were like a fellow dog lover that right. you knew he had a dog right but like with not without context that's like really weird yeah to me the crazy thing was that he referred to his dog as this little girl <laughs> not that like his dog died and then he told, told a stranger that, that like that, this right, little that, girl died in front of his house yes like, yeah. it's such a weird thing to write in an right. email i think that that experience is almost as unexpected and distressing as your entire Pesach saga, Josh. And Yoel, I know that you also had some stress over the holiday due Cont to... Um, continuing stress. A waste disposal issue. Yeah. We actually have three garbage cans, um, and I borrowed from two separate neighbors, three from one, two from the other, so we had eight garbage cans. They let you have their garbage? Well, because they're both out of town. Oh. So actually, this evening, were they directly next door neighbors that you were able to roll down the street. over? Yeah, yeah, down the street. Down the street. Yeah. So you took their from the corner. Yeah, down the street, and so rolled them over. And like some people who are working my house, like don't exactly know. Sometimes they throw like cardboard boxes in and just fills it up. And I literally have like mountains of like trash bags. I'm like, and there's so much tin foil and plastic being used. There's like mountains everywhere. Like the entire like Pesach, I'm just watching. Like anytime like a like a foil pan is being used or plastic, and I'm like our cans and like because right now, I mean, I, I had to return one of them. Were you concerned that they weren't going in the right can? I mean, they should no, be going no, in no, recycling, no. Yeah. or yeah. just that it's going to pile up more? Take up space. Pile, yeah, pile up more, uh -huh. and this I don't know, like and just you know, and then you got a squirrel eating to it. So like right now, like I'm just thinking about like you know, I'm going to go home. I have to roll them out to the street. Last week when they came in, so like I ran back from Shul at like 7.30 and I, I had some cash with me and I paid the driver like, oh, here's like a little tip, you know, thank you so much. And like, he's like, no, no, you don't have them. I'm like, oh, come on, you just, you know, you're... You're doing great and whatever. So he like, <laughs> I'm like, doing, hold, yeah. doing great. I'm like, hold on here for a second. So like, I came there, like I ran out the more garbage bags and he like sat there for two minutes. Cause the week before he saw me rolling my garbage can and he just drove by me. I'm like, dude, like you pick up once a week. Like you saw, I was rolling out my can because I, like, oh, if it's not there, he doesn't have to get it. Like, right. Like he couldn't wait five. It was literally five seconds. And then I'm like, you know, I stay with my hands up. He's like, oh, just, you know, do it on the other side. And when he comes back like three hours later. So, um, did he come back? That time, yeah, but I think I so. only only because I guilted him because I like did because so, I had this like reaction to him, and also like another plan is right now like I I have to go back tonight you know I don't know ten o'clock and like start bringing out my cans, but I think one of my moves is like sort of like going to the neighbors and like look see who's like empty because some people like put out two cans with like two bags and I'm just gonna start filling like dropping my garbage <laughs> like throughout the community. It's a, but, it's a dangerous move. Why there's not enough room? Is it wrong to put garbage? garbage? Well, why I feel like once it's put into the street. They don't care anymore. Like they, like that's it. They don't care. Because like, it's going right. to come back empty anyway. Right. Yeah, so I, I would never You're like not making it heavier for them to roll. Right. I would never street. walk over to someone's house and like mm. put the trash in their can next to their house. You know, because then they're no, still it's, using it's, it. It's funny because I've actually gone to my garbage and noticed there's other people's garbage in there. I yeah. almost think about. I'm almost thinking about installing a camera just so I can see <laughs> who's doing so it. You, so you agree that it's wrong. No, because no, it's, you no, yourself are it's, bothered it's, it's by a it. situation, but no, but that's if it's still in the alley. Like once it's out, I don't care. Right, like people wheel to the street, and then like once it's in the street, like well, tonight. So you're saying you go to the side of your house, and there's other people's garbage yeah, on the like, side of like, your house. The, the, like I'll have like full bags of garbage that are not mine. Do you care enough to like open up the garbage bag and like go through it and yeah, find and you know like what? the mail? It's and funny. See the address. The other day, I was almost about to. I was like, because oh something's my. in there is going to tell me who the person yeah. is. Yeah, I'll get me my gloves. Yeah, but yeah. like next time it happens, I'm going to do it. 
I'm like, it was just too gross. I'm like, but next time I will be doing it. Yo, you should be especially careful because from what I understand, you've had some run-ins with your new neighbors. Yeah, well, sort of. What happened? Do you want to tell us about that? Well, it wasn't me. It was just, I guess, you know, we had a lot of family in town, and I think we were parking like, you know, eight or nine cars, you know, over Yontif because the amount of people were at my house. And there's like a fire hydrant across the street that there's no yellow in front of it. And it's like also like it's not like right next to the street. It's like 10 feet off the street. So like you can't really see it. Like the first when I first moved in, I parked there. I had no idea. I'm like, oh, is it just like for a dog or like, a, you know, who knows? So I think they were just like frustrated with. You, like thought the, the, you thought the fire hydrant was for a dog? Yeah, you know, like a toy. I don't know. They go pee on it. I don't know. Like, but like, like imagine if you see a fire hydrant in the middle of someone's like lawn. I think it's a fire hydrant. In the middle of their lawn? Like oh, not it's, near it's the street. Not, it's not on the street. You no, know, it was oh, literally like 15 oh. feet off the street. It's like a very strange position. But then, like, I guess they were just my neighbors were like frustrated. <laughs> they had like so many cars, and I like called the police, and the police came out, and, then, <laughs> and what and, happened? And we were accused of not being neighborly, and like, oh, oh God, boy, yeah. So we went across the street, and you know, spoke to them, and you know, very nice people, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, did you that. hand them cash this like you did? I did not. No, I, You're I, doing a great job. I, yeah. and now, so I could have paid that one. You were accused uh, of not being neighborly, yeah. and now you are going to scour around the <laughs> yes. neighborhood yes. in order to determine whose garbage I, is I empty f- enough for you to I drop garbage I feel this is going to be my last week of being unneighborly. After this, I think, like, you know, everyone's going back. House is a little more quiet. No more dumpsters. No more, you know, just, like, quiet. I'm just going to be very neighborly. By the way, you know you could get, like, a private garbage service as well if you wanted I know. I'm just learning about the garbage. Oh, outside, something even worse happened. So my mother tells me without my consent that, you know, my wife told my daughter, who told my mom, we need two more garbage cans and like an extra pickup like on Thursday. I'm like, I don't think there's such thing. In West Hudson Park? No, in, in Lincoln. Oh. So I, I have to remember, I already have eight cans in front of my house. So they never dropped off any cans or bins, whatever you call them. So I don't know, maybe they were going to drop two off and they saw I have eight and like, well, this guy's crazy. But then the worst part was, oh, there's a Thursday pickup. So I had to wheel out all the garbage. On thir- <laughs> Nobody else on the block because everyone wheels it out like Monday, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning. So I had to wheel out all the garbage, like pile it on. And of course, no one came on Thursday <laughs> and I had to wheel it all the way back because I don't want to get fined by the city. So like the, the garbage has the been village. really... Wow. Yes, the village. It's a village. Excuse me. So uh-huh. the garbage has been really, you know, the one thing on my mind. It's, I can see how that's frustrating. You got to be careful. You know who uh, is usually behind waste management? Groot. Well, this one's Groot. I was going to say, you ever watched The Sopranos? Never seen it. Heard of it, though. Okay. Wait, Jordan, one last question. Yes. Before, because I, I don't think Josh is ready for sleep yet. I'm ready for bed. We were talking about this manhunt. Let, let's say you were on a, you know, they, they were hunting for you. Where would you go? In other words, I always thought about this. Well, first of all, like, I, I was like, curious is, about is this it because harder, like you can't go to a small town because small town everybody knows everybody and you'll stick out. But I feel also like in a huge city like Chicago, there's so many people to see you. I think you need like like a medium sized city or like a like a Peoria. Okay. I was thinking about this because I guess what you'll soon find out, Yoel. I, I don't want to spoil the show, but what kind of happens is that the two bombers, once their pictures are put out there in the public, they do go and unfortunately they basically murder a police officer that was sitting in a car in, in a patrol outside of uh, MIT. And they were trying to get his gun, which they couldn't get. It was in some type of holster that they couldn't get it out from. And I think the FBI, they don't really say it straight out, but they said, like, we were right. You, you don't, because once you spook them, they're on the run. They could murder the public. They're fleeing. They're going to do something desperate. Right. But what I was curious when watching this is, like, what were they thinking beforehand? Right. Obviously, I'm happy they didn't have, you know, some type of better strategized plan. But what were they considering doing? Like, where were they going to go? Why did they think all of a sudden they woke up and said, oh, they're on to us and we're out? So the first answer I would have, Yola, is that I would have thought out my escape route well before doing anything criminal. Right. Sure. Where I would go, I have no idea. Wild Rose is going. Why'd you say a middle, a middle, like, 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 city? like, like a medium-sized town, like one of those towns where you walk in, like where everyone does know everyone, so like you don't stick out. Because if you go in a town of let's say a thousand people, you know everyone knows everybody, and if you, everyone notices the new guy in town. Or you could just change your name, though. No, but they see your face. What do you mean? Like Dexter. I never seen. Dexter. I guess a better example. No, I feel like in it's Chicago, kind of, it's kind like of uncomfortable. Millions, it's right. kind of uncomfortable answering. So let's just say the idea is it's kind of like the fugitive. Like you're, let's say we're accused of a crime that we yes. know we didn't commit, right? right? And now you're on the run, and you're in Chicago. Where are you going, right? Well, maybe I, you want to go somewhere like Jeffrey Dahmer got away with it for so long because he was in like a low income right. neighborhood. 
where it's bad. like policed differently. But now they've Maybe got all these shot spotters. The they, have, they have cameras everywhere. Right. It's a different I, world. I think I'm, first of all, I'm taking the 94 up to Wisconsin immediately. Right. You, you want right? to sort of go to a place where you're a little familiar with. Why Wisconsin? I just think it's a little more rural. I think Indiana is more rural than Wisconsin. Maybe the dunes? All those cornfields like off 65. Yeah, but, but think, you can't roll into a random cornfield. Right. No, like, no, like, no. How long no, you but, but there's, these, all these, there's all these small cities like within the cornfields. Sioux City, Iowa, I think that's the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Sioux City, Iowa. Yeah. You know, like, oh, so you all know is Western yeah. Illinois. I've so. never been to Sioux City. You know where you should go? Just, Noblesville, Indiana. Get some good concerts while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Clarkstown, Michigan. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe the Aqualina. Oh. <laughs> well played. They'd hide you. <laughs> Guys, it's been fun. Oh.